Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode 22 of the KDH podcast. Today, I am joined by Ross McGaffney. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Not too bad. I'm not too bad, mate. I'm just sitting laughing because in the last podcast as well, I've done this where you're just having a conversation before, then you're reintroducing <laughs> yourself. Um, so, yeah, I haven't spoken to you for ages, mate, but we're here, so let's go. Yeah. Um, so, um, the reason that Ross is on the podcast today, uh, Ross is the owner of Commando XFit. Is that, did you just say Commando or Commando yeah, XFit? Commando yeah. XFit, yeah. Some people think it's CrossFit, but it's not a CrossFit, so it's, uh, yeah, Commando XFit. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be talking about running a fitness facility during a global pandemic, purely because it's an interesting one. Because you already, I know a lot of, I know the gym that I work at, they actually started their business up during, like they were, they hadn't even had it open. So it's interesting to talk to someone that you had a very successful facility as it was, and then what it was like to come through. So before we actually get started, Ross, give us a bit of an insight. What's your story, and what are you doing now to get uh, let us hear what's happening? Okay, um, so going through uh, where I've come from, I mean, like yourself, I'm ex-military. Um, I was a Navy PT, um, served for 16 years. So I did the first four years as an engineer, then transferred to the PT branch. Uh, and went through lots of different bases, ships, deployments, tours, etc. Uh, and then finished up doing exercise rehabilitation at Headley Court. Uh, and then from there, ended up in, in Scotland, up at Faslane. Um, and it was from when I left... The military that, that we started uh, Commando XFit um, and there's, there's, a, there's quite a story behind the start of it but we'll get into that in a minute I suppose um, and then I've been up here and the business room go for the last seven years um, so yeah it's 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 been a journey but there's a lot behind behind all that yeah what was your what was your prompting behind leaving the military For, like you probably get asked this quite a lot a lot of people always think the military and they think it's like that's a class job as if it's just the military and uh, what was your reasons for leaving, mate? For me, um, a lot changed when I was serving. So I joined when I was 17 uh, and did my engineering bit for the time I was in and then transferred PT and, and thoroughly loved the job, the role as a, as a military PTI. It was fantastic. Um, but I felt that I had more to give. I felt that there was something that I could do that I was being held back by uh, the military, if that makes sense. So, like, I knew there was something else inside me to go, right, you, you can do more than what you're doing in this role, uh, in the physical training role or exercise rehabilitation role, whichever you want to call it, um, away from, from the military. Yeah, no, mate, like, me and my friend Grant, we were actually out for a coffee at the weekend, and he's he's been my, one of my best friends since I grew up, and he was in, he joined the Army and I joined the Air Force when we were both younger. He'd done nine years and he just left, and we were actually chatting about how the military, it's like it can either make you a very, very independent person or it can make you a pure cabbage. And I think oh, and I think for the people that are the really, really independent thinkers, they're also fucking manipulators of holding you back because they'll say things like the grass isn't greener. Do you know what I mean? And, and they are they, like so bad for really, really holding you back. And I think like I can totally understand that, mate, because the only one of the, the reasons that I left was because I felt like I was understimulated and I could stimulate myself in, in other ways outside of it. And I think that yeah. it's a great stepping stone and you've done a lot longer than me, do you know what I mean? So I, I totally yeah, am with you on that one. It is completely understandable, man. Uh, yeah, they, they do. They give you good uh, groundings and I wouldn't be where I am today without the groundings and the discipline and everything that you're given in the early stages of your career. Um, certainly PT course where you're put to a really really tough course for 30 weeks um, and, and the stuff that they, they teach it. But like you said, they, they want people that uh, are going to 
yes or no, sir, three bags, four, sir, day in, day out. They don't want you to think outside the box too much. They want almost a robot towards your latest stages of your career, um, which is okay, which is great. You know, that's great to have those sort of people. But when you've got that additional uh, stimulus in your brain that you think, do you know what, I've got something else to give here, you can't. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think what I've, I've seen in the industry is like, a lot of people that have left and went into the they've left the military and went into the fitness industry, and they've they've accelerated. Like you see a lot of people that have done extremely well because they they do have that yeah. mindset, they do have that backing. So I I completely agree with it, man. It's a, it's a good thing. Like I'm not going to sit there and bash it. I'm not going to sit there and say no, that. Completely not. No, no yeah. No, but I'm saying everyone has the the ready to leave days. You know what I mean? You're like I need to get out of here now. I'm done with this. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what was uh, what was the thing? What led you to opening Commando, and what 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 did you think it would ever be the way that it is now? For anyone that is listening in, like Commando is a great facility. Like I've only recently been up training at it, and it's honestly it's a great gym. And uh, like just Thank to give you a bit of an insight, you can go and go and find it on Instagram as well if you haven't found it and you see the uh, the facility. It's great. So what what led you to open it? So the opening behind it was. Um, my original plan was to leave leave the Navy and go to Cayman Islands and work with my friend who had started a, a gym out in Cayman Islands doing Krav Maga, self-defense and stuff like that, uh, and jiu-jitsu. And, and he said, look, there's a job role out here for you. Come out and we'll do it together. We'll, we'll smash it. So I, I went out before we signed up, before I left the military, and, and I'd spent the Christmas New Year period over there with a couple of friends. And um, it just wasn't – it didn't seem the right choice. So prior to going – Commando XFit was started by a guy called Adam White. So he's a good friend of mine and he's a Royal Marine, hence the commando side of it. Yeah. So I was Navy PT and he was a Royal Marine Sergeant PT. Um, and he'd started commando conditioning at Cameron House, uh, which is down in Loch Lomond. And every Saturday morning he would go down there and he would do classes um, and take boot camp, boot camp style sessions. And he invited me into it. He said, look, let's find to do some work. And I said, yeah, great. Let's, let's go and do it. Um, we carried on. And we sort of evolved it into doing more sessions throughout the week, maybe like two, three a week we were doing it on a Saturday morning. And then it, it happened that one of the guys that was coming to the sessions asked us if we'd like to open a unit. And for us, you know, we're just two lads serving, thinking about doing something, thinking about leaving. Uh, never thought we'd ever have the opportunity to, to create a gym. It was always a dream. Um, we just thought, oh, you know, boot camp classes, great. We can take a little bit of a living out of this. Uh, and then it evolved. Uh, and we, we had the conversation, we had the chat, we visited the unit uh, and the guy, we had to sit down and meet him with a guy um, and without his input originally, it would never have be, wouldn't be here. So, you know, I owe the guy an awful lot for that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, see what you have, um, I, I heard a really good, it was, it was a YouTube video I was watching yesterday and it was saying, people often say things like luck, like you've probably maybe heard it in the past with the say and I think, and he, he said, he would say that luck is a combination of preparedness and being in the right place at the right time. Correct, and I think yeah. like what you were saying there, like that is just the stars aligning, perfect thing. And about eight years, I can imagine this is probably about eight years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up, so we just passed the seven year mark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that's when the pure boot camp boom and all that was, wasn't it? That's when like <laughs> folk were really getting after outdoor group training and all that. And like you see a lot of people that around that time, they have done really well out of it because it wasn't, it was a thing, but it isn't the way that it is now. Um, I think it was the British military fitness were quite yeah. quite live and quite vibrant yeah. at the time. Um, and yeah. that's, 
like we were doing something a little bit different. It wasn't just running around the park carrying a bag. We were setting up circuits and tennis courts, you know, like very much like you're doing yeah. with your outdoor classes that look fantastic. You know, it, it was that, but it was in a tennis court. It was in Cameron House, um, yeah. pulling tires out, pulling ropes out, everything like that. Yeah, it's good. And I, th- I think now it bo- it will probably bother you as well. It pure annoys me when you see someone just set up and it's just they set up an outdoor circuit and they go, come to my booty camp and you're like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, dear God. It's just uh, became lost in transition and translation of what it actually is. That the, the thing about a boot camp is you want to get out, you want to get dirty, you want it to be like military style training, you want to get yeah. shouted at a bit, you want to have a bit of camaraderie, you want to make sure that you're pushing each other. And it's yeah, like, definitely, yeah. It's that team event almost, isn't it? And getting yeah. strapped in together. Knowing that when you walk in, like you're all walking out like sweaty, dirty, you know, you've had a, a hell of a workout with, your, with other people, and it's it is it's yeah, it's really yeah. good. I had someone say to me the other day, I've been to five other boot camps and none, and none of them you got dirty and I was like, they're not boot camps. <laughs> <laughs> it's not boot camp, mate. It's just a uh, um, No, yeah, it's, and it's, it's good. So, like, obviously, like, when you opened it, I recently seen photos of it. Did you think it would be when you opened the facility? See the photos that you put up recently? No, it was dead funny because yeah. obviously both of you would have been fresh out. It actually looked like a fucking military gym. <laughs> like, the colour scheme and everything. Concrete floors and all sorts, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, when, we, when, we, when we walked in it, it was um, the guy's unit was a uh, was like a, I think his old company it was an engine company and um, you know it was to the rafters of engines and oil and everything and it was like right what are we doing here you know, what, yeah. what are we going to do what do we see um, how do we envision what we're going to create so a lot of cleaning painting scrubbing getting the place relatively spread away so if the public came into it it could be viable as a as a gym yeah. um, and you know but the, the vision originally was there's there's you know, the functional rigs at the time were just coming into play. So you've seen all these other places like Australia had these functional rigs, Queen Axe, to say yeah. a name. Um, and we thought, you know, we need something similar. Yeah. And, and so we, we did, we created something similar. And this, the rig still stands today. Yeah. No, it's, um, I've seen that in the photos as well. And it's, I think now you go into most gyms and they're just becoming like a standard bit of kit, having these big, massive, the first time I ever seen one of them when I was at, um, my first my first unit after like phase two of training which was Bowman, and they had like a little rig yeah and that's where like and i remember i didn't know anything about crossfit and all that and then it wasn't until i actually went to crossfit i was like wait there this is just what i've been doing in the yeah. gym at p at fizz do you know what i mean like this is just what we've been doing and it's just you can and i think that's where like crossfit derives from the uh, american um what do you call it american special forces doesn't it yes yeah that's right mate, yeah yeah, a, lot so of the cha- a lot of the training that you've done and we've done together, um, what you've done in the military, your basic training and, and the conditioning sessions you've done have almost been CrossFit based for years and years and years. Um, and then it's obviously evolved with the, with the techniques, the Olympic lifting, um, but the, the graft and the sort of level of intensity that you take a workout to in a yeah. CrossFit workout is yeah. very similar to what you'd have done. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I always say to everyone, I'm like, Daddy, like, I always, I always like painted down. Like, the Air Force for me was like, I look back and I'm never like, I'm always like, it was quite pink and fluffy. Whereas, but then I still go back and I'm like, it was still pretty shit for when you go through basic training. You're like, I was 17 yeah. and it's like 10 weeks of shit and, and more. Like, and, and then you, you're putting yourself through that stuff and it's like, but I always talk it down because I never want to be someone that's like, oh man, like, I done this and that because I hate I hate those Walter Mitties that are pure. Yeah, definitely, mate. But doing definitely, like basic yeah. training, then said they served in the army for ten years, man. They do like they failed basic training or something. Um, but it's, it's the same as the navy, though. Like your navy basic training is isn't as tough. 
as like anywhere near as tough as what the Royal Marines will do. The Royal Marines will do thirty weeks, heavy, intense, like yeah, uh, training, conditioning stuff. But what I will say is like the PT course in the Navy is intense as, as anything like you know, that's that's nasty. Yeah. But you guys are then essentially you would still have to train Royal Marine Commandos at the end of the day. So it yeah, has yeah, to be- you're in the same role. Like as a PT, you can train anybody. Um, yeah, doesn't matter who they are, and you've got to adapt your head and take your different definitely um, different heads on to train different people. I think that kind of like see now I'll, I I'm kind of on the fence with this. So this is a kind of off tangent, but it's fitness related. So a lot of people say things like you get people that go, "Oh, that person's in amazing shape. They should be a PT." But then you also get someone that says a PT needs to be able to practice what they preach. And it's a bit of a mixed one. I'm always like, I think that if, if your PT is in good shape, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good coach, but at the same time, no, you would want to have someone that is, that has good general fitness. They understand it because they're going to have a better delivery system at the same time. It's just because yeah. I've seen a lot of like roid heads and stuff post stuff on Instagram and I'm not bashing that. Like if you take steroids, it's each to their own. But they're, they're writing stuff and it's like they're saying things like, oh, like your, your, your PT needs to be in shape and all that. And you're like, but at the same time, like take it with a pinch of salt. But yeah. you're going to be a, a much better, well-rounded instructor, coach, if you've been through it yourself, if you've done the process, yeah. you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, but it doesn't mean you need to have, do you know what I mean? Washboard abs 24-7. No, and I think, well, I think this is, can say that. Yeah, I know. And I think this is a, a big mistake that a lot of people make. And I've even heard the comment before, you don't look like a personal trainer. I'm like, what the fuck does a personal trainer look like? Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. What, what, what have we got like a, 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 a uniform that we need to wear? Do I need to, I need to have <laughs> a... You're on your six-pack, mate. You're on the shop floor. I know. I need to have a tribal tattoo in my right arm. Australia, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that fake tan in the head and the hair transplant, mate. Turkey teeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, but and it's, I think it's this. I suppose though, like it is an industry that you work in, and a lot of it is based off of how people image. look. And yeah, it's image conscious, yeah, it's an image conscious industry. And I always say, like, you, I mean, I look good in a suit, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I should be a lawyer just because of the way I look. <laughs> you should look good in a suit. And yeah. I think, like, like you said, you said back then, it's like a, a good coach is someone who understands their client um, and their needs. But you know, you could stand there and be 110 kilo of muscle and not give a not give a shit about the person in front of you. You yeah. know, you're just thinking about your ego and how you perceive they should train. Yeah, that's not necessarily how your client should train. It's it's relative to that individual. Yeah, definitely. It's the same as like you've probably had it as well. People go, they make an assumption, but you're a very good coach because you're ex-military, and you're like, well, to be honest, most of your actual best learning has been done in the past seven years do you know what yes, I mean it was correct. like yeah. you, you got a lot of your bread and butter was maybe from the time in the military like I've got a lot of traits where it was maybe my discipline my my work yeah, ethic mate, yeah. my uh, pride in uniformity my, my my sense of the way that I, I, I hold myself yeah but at the same yeah. time I wouldn't sit and say and people do that and they say things like oh they're a good coach because they're ex-military and you're like how does that make me a good coach like no definitely not me yeah. I think like being being ex-military just gives you the groundings of being a decent person yeah. uh, and the ability to speak to different people in, in different lights yeah um, I think respect for people generally is a big thing and if you can respect that individual in front of you no matter where they're from what they've done um then then you can do well yeah, I th- I remember one of the things I was most surprised about, and this is probably in a bit of a brainwashed mentality where I couldn't believe where people in Civvy Street where it's like we're talking about like 
they would go, I spoke to, I, I, I was swearing at my boss or something. And I was like, what? Like, I just, I couldn't get my head around like the, the disrespect some people have in the workplace. Yeah, massive. And it's, and it's crazy, but it, you see it how, I think it's that sort of reactive mindset. Like a lot of people do try and work against things where they can't, but like, I just always look at things and go, why would you, why would you bother wasting energy on something like that? And I think that was one of the biggest surprises that I had when I left the forces was I was like, God, how can someone like go about be so disrespectful yeah and yeah I, I just i couldn't get my head around it i just couldn't get my head around it yeah i um, think for us though when, like the world that we lived in being in the military i don't understand the subject too long with the military side of it because it, but it is it is relevant like you're you're disciplined from day one you know or you're you're out you know you've got a job role to do and they they do instill that from a very early uh, early stage of your career Look, this is this is it it's fight or flight no matter what you're doing um so make sure you pay respects for everything that you're doing and respect, you know, your, your bosses, et cetera. But when you become uh, a civilian, you're in this civil world, like, uh, it's mad. Like, mm. some people just don't give a shit about anything. No, I know it's crazy. I, I couldn't get my head around that initially. That was quite difficult. A transition from being yes sir, no sir, to right. Yeah, I know. I know it's a weird one, isn't it? And it's not, and it, folk are probably listening in going, they sound absolutely fucking brainwashed, but <laughs> it's like, I think where you take, you take goods and bads from each thing, that kind of ties in with the next point, mate. Like, what's your three sort of biggest values as a coach, gym owner that you take, that you took from your time serving? Well, you hit them when you, that's what I was laughing, mate, when you were saying, and you were chatting just previously. Um, like, for me, discipline is, is probably one of the biggest things that you take away from it. Uh, because you're disciplined in your timekeeping, the way you look, um, and you expect everybody else around you to follow those same ethics. Like you know, this is this is why this is what I do. I expect you to be the same, and I think it's the same for my staff as well. I say to my staff, look, you're not on time. If you're not five minutes early, you're five minutes late. You know, be on time all the time, and that's a big thing. It goes a long way with people, yeah. um, and, and the respect towards people in front of you. Like I just said a minute ago, that's that's definitely one of my biggest things. Um, and then you hit on the other one, which is your work ethic willing to put the graft in, mate, day in, day out. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid to do 12, 15-hour shift. Don't be afraid to be on your feet for 12, 15 hours. You know, it, it, that's that's the way it is. Yeah. So when you're going to build a business, you've got to be able to to strap in and, and do it properly. Yeah, no, definitely. That was, for me as well, it was, I think you've got that work ethic, but you've also got the work ethic of, like, shit news. Just like, oh, you need to go away for the next four months. All right, yeah. okay, cool. Right, there's That's nothing it. I can Deal do about it. that. Right, and then yeah, the yeah. worst thing that happened to me once, I remember I got told I had to go away. Literally, I fucking spent, you don't get paid much money, man. Spent all my <laughs> wages, and then it got it got, it got cancelled. Oh, Honestly, mate, like, I'm... Aye, man. Just took leave. Used leave that I didn't oh. have to use, and then literally, I was crazy, man. So, yeah, it's, I think there's, like, there's elements of that. You just, you learn to just get on with it, man. So, like, yeah, can I move on... What were you saying there, sorry, mate? No, I, I just didn't say, like, that, that problem solving straight in front of you. Like, we get given a problem straight away. It's like, right, okay, deal with it. It's not, a, oh, you're worried. You, you do stress, you do worry. Of course you do. It's like, that's natural. It's human nature. But the ability to deal with an issue and deal with a problem there and then, I think it's big. Definitely. Um, and moving on to next part there. So this is obviously... Everyone's been affected by this global pandemic. What's it been like? What's been the biggest challenges as a, a gym owner um, throughout a global pandemic? What's what's it been like, mate? Um, I mean, I think you'll know. Like every every sort of PT uh, out there at the 
minute who's gone through it all, certain times Zoom calls, etc. throughout the whole thing. Has that been a challenge? Because like, I was listening to your uh, Wine Homes podcast as well. I think the boys are a legend, a legend mate, and he, his podcast was really good. They did really well, both of you. It was fantastic to listen to. Um, but having to adapt your skills really quickly, again, just traits from the military, having to adapt straight away, right, what are we going to have to do here to make sure that we're still here in what no one knew, whether it would be a month, two months, six months, or well, here we are still in, pushing into November, um, and we're still going. So having to adapt the skills of me, more staff, from not being one-to-one with people in the gym, um, and how to keep a certain amount of members encouraged to work out through that through that uh, time. It was, yeah. it was it was difficult, mate, but we managed to to do it, which was uh, it was good. And there was a lot of a lot of good feedback from people when we were doing that. That, that you know we looked after them. We'd done an awful lot of workouts, maybe two a day sometimes, Zoom calls, and yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I think one of the hardest things that I experienced was the sort of pack mentality um, of when one person started to, it's, it's when people start putting words in their mouth and they start saying yeah. things like one person says, I don't do home workouts. Then all of a sudden you've got 20 people in front of you saying, don't like these home workouts. And you're like, I think that comes into the discipline side of it. And you're like, well, at the end of the day, you're going to end up putting yourself in. If you focus on doing habits now, you're not going to be as stressed out as you are in the future. I've just been sat yeah. talking about this in my stories there, like, like the amount of people, and you'll have it as well, that returned and they came and they said, put on a bit of weight right now. Fitness is absolutely the worst place it's been in. My mental health is in the worst place it's been in. But it was all because, obviously, I know that not every single person, I know that people were in positions where I trained single mums that had multiple children that were in the house themselves. Yeah. But that's tough, do you know what I mean? And people that had disabilities and people like i'm not talking about people i trained i'm talking about people that are in a much worse off position but for the best part a lot of people weren't in bad positions they just no. allowed the, the the what i was saying that they, they allowed things like i don't do home workouts and they were just constantly giving themselves cues and reminders that they done that no, i can't be bothered like, I can't I've be, gone, yeah. I'm, yeah i can't be bothered it's a big thing i don't like working out at home but then they've come like you said they've come back six months later and gone I'm in a bad way. I need yeah. help. I know. But, I you need know, help. That's that discipline side to it again. It's like the, the fight or flight. Am I going to train when I'm at home? No, I don't need to do every day, but what else am I going to do? I know. And I think that, like, now, see when this happened, I was, like, see the week, I think it was two weeks before lockdown in March, I seen Europe going into lockdown, all these other places. I started buying gym kit and it was in my old gym. There was PT saying to me, do you think we'll go into a lockdown? I was like, I've been building a gym in my garage. I've been setting it up. I was clearing space. I was setting up a plan and people were still going, I don't think it will happen. Yeah, and then I remember even talking, yeah, I was, I was even, and I'm not like, people were talk, replying to my stories as if like I was a, like a global pandemic expert. I was saying things like, I'm preparing that the gyms aren't going to be open this year. Yeah. People are going, do you really think that? And I was going, well, if you actually prepare for the worst possible outcome, you will never be yeah. disappointed. You will yeah. act, you'll yeah. never, You'll never ever be in a position where you'll be like surprised because there's a lot of people even now where they're just saying things like they're going, they're reading on Facebook that the auntie's sister works in a hospital and says they're no busy. And you're like, <laughs> the reality is that, yeah, I know that it's obviously there's, there's a lot of opinions on the matter and stuff, but it's still yeah, happening. Yeah. And you can't just, yeah. just put it behind you and be like, it's not happening. Because, because they said, I'm not going to do it because I believe that person's auntie's sister's granny. 
Yeah, no, and it's crazy. It's it, it is that pack mentality because. I've even done it where you start saying things and, and if you're, you're like, say for example, in my household right now, I'm living with my girlfriend, my parents, right? And if we started conversing throughout lockdown that we didn't believe in it, we would actually yeah. start to believe it. We would actually yeah. be like, we would be like, right, I don't believe in this, so it's not a thing. And then they might start doing it and it's that sort of pack mentality. And I think that one of, one of the things I always tell people as a coach is, when someone goes through a fat loss journey, when they go through a, a physique transformation, it's maybe they hit the first of a relapse and they keep talking about how they've done it in the past and how it's not working for them. But what they've done was they forgot the things that led them to success in the first place and they yeah, took their foot off the gas with it. And it's happening right now. Is that That's why yeah. we're like in the position that we're in. It's, it's just genuinely because of that. And I wish that people just remembered those wee things and, and they went into it with more of an well, open... they started... Yeah, they, they, they respect the situation a bit more and go, right, okay, I was in this position before because I acted like this, right, yeah. cool. Now I'm acting what like that same I'm acting like that same person again, right? Probably I shouldn't do that. That didn't work out for me before. And uh, I've mentioned it to anyone that's frequently listening to the podcast, like I say it all the time, like make a mistake once and it's a mistake. Make a mistake twice and it's a fucking conscious decision. So, I mean, you are yeah, literally is, going, yeah. going out of your way. So, um, yeah. It's, People, um, it's, it's, I think, like you said, like, it's that they go day by day. They think tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes, mate. You know, it never comes. It never, it never happens. And say, oh, I'll start Monday. Monday never comes. You've got to get up and just go, right, I'm off. I'm doing it now. And, and as soon as you make that decision to go, I'm starting today, then things start to change. I know, and it's, I think, I've even had people where they contact me and they reach out and they say things like, oh, I'm thinking about starting your boot camp in January. And I'm like, this is like, I'm sitting going, it's fucking October, That's I'm not it. November now, I'm going, it's October, it's September. Why are you inquiring about something in January? Like, it's something that can be done. Or one of the most classic ones you hear as well is, I'm actually going to make a video on this this week, is when people say things like, I'm going to get first, fit first before yeah. I come to PT or I'm That's going mental, to... mental, mate. And the amount oh. of people that say that is crazy. I'm not yeah. fit enough to come to your classes. You're like, ah, what, do you think I train Royal Marine Commandos or fucking yeah. like... day in, day out. Yeah, it's, it's not like that. And they, they, they don't get that, like, you need to start somewhere. And yeah, like, the first yeah. time you go and do something, it may be uncomfortable. It may be like... Even people that are like... Like, do you know what I mean? You tend to see this quite a lot now. Like, I love that more people are going for the functional training. They're going for the CrossFit yeah. style stuff. But even still now, I know plenty of people that are in great shape and that they maybe just do bodybuilding style training. And you say, why don't yeah. you go and do? Why don't you go and do CrossFit? And they're like, oh no, I need to go too and hard. Too hard. And you're like, go and go yeah. and just do it. Go and try it out. But people, they want to. People didn't. When we first opened this, people didn't come into the gym. They thought, and it, I can understand it, but it, it probably does seem a bit intimidating as soon as you hear the word commando. People think, oh, oh no, no, that's, that's not for me. It's too difficult. Whereas, like, this is the most welcoming gym. Uh, and the most friendly place that you'll ever meet and, my, and that's one of the things that I wanted to bring in to the facility when we opened it is this is for everybody it's not for the elite athlete or just uh, a guy who wants to join the military or you know uh, a bodybuilder or whatever it's a it's a for everybody and you any any type of life or any want of life can come in here have the most amazing session and walk out feeling elated and guaranteed that they speak to people more in here than they would do in any, any other facility just because yeah. people are engaging, they want to see people work hard and train hard. I think it's it's like you've nailed it, mate. Because having a facility of the size of yours, because it's a big, big facility, and still being able to have that personal touch is good. Got like, to, mate. Yeah, you yeah, have to. You, I think like I worked in a 
commercial facility for three years and it is it, it, it does like the way some some people spoke to me sometimes is as if I didn't even work there and yeah. um, but I look at you and I walk straight past you people look through you in these sorts of facilities yeah. they're not willing or they're not interested in conversing that's fair enough see if you're going there to train you've got half an hour you want to get in get out do your thing great no problem at all I've not got an issue with that but see if you work in a place like this or you run a place any sort of uh, fitness centre you've got a, a moral obligation to speak to people uh, ask them how they are smile whether you're having a bad day or not it doesn't matter yeah. you, know, you should be like the happiest person in the room all the time like and, and you are going to have bad days you are going to get stressed but these people come here to make themselves feel better yeah. so that's your job I think if there's any like aspiring PTs or PTs listening that are trying to build a business I've had this like this experience before Ross probably has as well I've had I smile and say hello to absolutely everyone right and I've yeah. actually had clients a year down the line message me, like, like people inquiring about personal training, saying things like, I was, I've had a bit of a rough time recently. You were the only person that, that smiled at me in the gym. Can I come and have yeah. a chat with you? Because yeah. you made that, that impression one time. that one time. And it's like, yeah, you don't, I think time, it's, a, it's a big life lesson for me as a coach. It's like, you need to understand that like, you're like someone could be having a really bad day especially when you work in a facility where there's hundreds of people in and out the door every single day you need to make sure that just because you're having a bad day you can't wear your heart on your sleeve do you know what i mean because that's like for the gym for the best part let's say that someone goes there twice a week that's their solace that's their time away and if you're fucking there with your face tripping you man like and i know <laughs> there's loads of coaches that do this man and you're like, what are you doing? Like, you sort of do it all the time, mate. Like, I know, they're, man. They're, consistently, like, they're angry or annoyed with life. I'm like, mate, see if you smile at a couple of people, you'll be a lot more busier and you'll be a lot more respected by people as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, I've crazy, been... like, it's, it's really mad. I know, it's mental. Um, I think that's that respect thing as well, though. It's like you, you, you are aware of it. And I think like it's like one of the things I've always, my, my priority as a coach is my clients. And I always want to make sure my clients are happy. But anyone that's coming to ask me for help is someone that's potential potential to work with me or someone that's going to be potentially part of me, what I do as a brand. So I'm like, I want yeah. to make sure I'm giving a good impression. I don't want so someone to So when they be... go away from your from your session or they go away from your facility and they, they say, oh, where have you been today? What have you doing? Because they'll speak to 10 people and those people will speak to 10 people and say, oh, you know, I was down at Darcy and Christian or I was down at Commando and like, oh, just, just amazing, feel great, you know, spoke to so-and-so, but like, you know, they're so welcome, they're so friendly. And I'm not saying like you've got to be this everybody bouncing around the room all the time. I'm not saying that, but just that three to five seconds of hey, how are you doing? Like doing really well, keep it up, sort of thing. I'm not saying say that all the time, but like just a smile and, and how are you doing? You okay? Yeah. Goes a long, long way. Whether they're your client or whether a PT client in the gym or whether just somebody coming to train, it makes a huge impact. Yeah, I know it does. It goes a long way, and that's something I've always thought about. Like you, you, could, you can't, you don't know. You could just make someone's day, the week, just through your actions in that moment there. So, um, what's been your, um, like, what's been your biggest sort of learning curve, like, over the past, like, six, seven months? Adaptation, mate. Being able to adapt to these surroundings, I yeah. think, has been the biggest thing. Um, like before lockdown, the the business was was good. It was it was still a good place. It was a great facility. We've been upside back to front and all over the place with uh with like transformations in the gym like staffing and what have you um but then when the lockdown came it was like right you know i've, I've had a vision in my, my head for years about how i wanted this place to look um and there was there was you know obviously you've seen the extension that's been put yeah. up and, and that was in my head for years mate I thought, this place isn't quite big enough but the, the place is right it just needs something else um so 
going into lockdown and then having the ability to to put the extension up um, and adapting to what I was used to. So what I used to was coming in, PT and taking classes, no problems at all. That was great. But then no classes, no PTs because everyone's at home. I was coming to work because I had to. I had nowhere, nowhere else to do it. So doing online classes and stuff like that. But then doing the extension and and like actually building the business from inside out again and almost recreating Commando XFit um, post-lockdown was, was, was quite a big thing. Yeah, no, it's good, man. Did you have the wee outside bit as well? Or did you make that as well? No, we did everything, mate. Like the, the extension was planned for a couple of years. Um, and then there was a business partner changeover at the beginning of the year. Um, and the guy that came in was keen to, to push on and get the extension up and, and, and do it. And it just so happened that lockdown kicked in. We'd had the steel bought, it was sat outside, and then lockdown kicked in, we couldn't do it. Uh, and I think it was, I can't think how long into lockdown it was before we started. Um, we put the put the extension up, got it all done and dusted, and then it was like, look, you know, we need to adapt again here because there's a potential that we still won't be open, but there's, we could train outside. So what do we do? And we have got spare land, you've seen the land outside that's with the gym, and it's like, right, well, let's put an outside outdoor training area in. And yeah. it's been like a godsend, mate, and that was the first thing that we could do. I think that's the, the the thing. It's it's forced a lot of people's hands, but in a good way as well. And I think that, like a lot of people, have taken leaps with like jobs and and all sorts and and, and training. Like I think one of the things as well is like we were we were highlighting that a lot of people didn't exercise. Like see for the lockdown, a lot of people that's when they started their fitness journey. Yeah, like, and it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I don't think that's been highlighted enough. And I think like what you were saying there, like forced to adapt, and like yeah. maybe maybe like it happened and someone like like the, someone was maybe in the position where they were miserable in their job but they were that busy with their family commitments and work commitments they didn't really have time to start a folk to prioritize themselves and then oh. having that time and i think every coach every uh, anyone that i've had on the podcast not everyone was coaches but i've had dietitians athletes and all sorts but the biggest thing that everyone always says is that that adaptation that you were saying having to adapt has been an absolute game changer and i've yeah, i think without well, me you speak to a lot of people and it's that sort of close mindset of people like oh it's, it's a bit shit isn't it i'm like yeah it's a bit shit but again but what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it you yeah. constantly saying that it's shit when you are in a position it doesn't do anything mate. it doesn't doesn't, it doesn't do, do anything. anything it doesn't, it doesn't do anything, change anything. and no, it's, you're just saying you're you get stuck in a rut mate continuously saying well i can't do that i can't do this but what can you do yeah can you go for a walk yeah go for a walk then can you squat? Yeah, I can squat. So squat. No, no. It's your training to what you're doing. So a lot of things, I think when, well, certainly the sort of sessions we were doing, you over lockdown and, and the Zoom classes, you had to adapt those sessions to keep people interested. So yeah. we talk about adaptation in training. So we had, had to do that. So what we're doing is a time and attention, intensity, load, you know, all these things pulled together to create different types of classes and different types of workouts for your clients to go through. So they didn't yeah. get bored. It was almost yeah. something different for them to do. It's see for me like the home workout thing like it it stripped workouts back to basics for me and I yeah. I loved it like I was just doing loads of live emoms arm wraps and I was using things like I I done uh, like like using my stairs and I'd be like every fourth minute you have to do X amount of floors in the stairs and it was like literally <laughs> like burpees on minute one it was they were class and it was like because they were so simple like even like one of the things yeah. that I've mentioned this in a previous podcast I've took it to my programming. I was losing sight before lockdown where I was doing things. I was going, why the fuck am I? I'm looking at it now going, why was I doing that? 
why was I picking yeah. up certain exercises because it was good for time constraints like you're not asked about time constraints you're looking at principles do you know what I mean and I think yes. for yeah. me yeah. it allowed me to really like go you need to fucking make sure that you're prioritizing those principles more because people are losing sight of them because you've lost sight of them in some areas yeah. and I think yeah, like, they would just do whatever you're saying to do yeah I know and it's like um, th- we did a we did a charity event very soon into lockdown um we, me and my wife and my children, we, we moved to her, her mom. She has a farm up in Kedros. We moved up there for, for the majority of the first part of the lockdown. And, uh, and I said, well, let's do a charity event. Let's do something different. And we used one of the old, um, one of the, the CrossFit workouts, Murph. Um, uh, yeah. and, I, and, I, and adapted it, you know, because it's pull-ups, push-ups, squats with a mile on either side. Um, and let's, let's be honest, like a lot of the population can't pull their body weight from up a bar so well, how do you adapt it okay so we did push-ups so we did burpees uh, burpees push-up squats and we said right let's do it for five days solid the workout in itself is thinking so you run a mile do 100 do 200 300 do it, run a mile so five days solid and then the amount of engagement from people mate i didn't realize that i didn't realize that was used that done that i've seen so many people in there should do that yeah, that was me, mate. We started that off as a that's good mate. A, let, let's get me and david hat actually i was speaking to yeah. david hat and I said, what, what should we do? Let's do something different. And then I think he, I'm sure he, he tore his scalp or uh, ruptured something in his shoulder blade or, and still modified the movements to do it. But the amount of people that said, well, you know, this is great, let's, let's do this. And, and at the time it was the, let's, let's clap for the NHS, let's raise money for the NHS. And it was a fantastic course to do for. Um, but I couldn't, understand, I couldn't believe the amount of people that actually said, look, I'm in for this, let's, let's do it. Uh, it, it was Sorry, really my good, dog's mate. Going, my dog's going absolutely nuts right now. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry mate, I'm not interrupting there. I just wanted to, in case anyone's thinking, what the hell is that noise? <laughs> it's um, not me. No, yeah. um, mate, honestly, I, d- I didn't realise that was you and David that done that. Yeah, that was, yeah, because yeah, it was obviously called Commando. Like, I remember seeing it at the Commando charity event, yeah. Um, I'd done a similar thing. It went thing. wild, mate, but it was great. And it was disgusting. I did it for five days. Um, and I know how I felt, because it wasn't a breakup. It wasn't a... I run a little bit of a mile, but it could have been adapted to anybody. So even if you couldn't do all of it, then modify it. It's not about that. It's about getting you moving and raising a bit of money. Um, but yeah, after day five, it was pretty stinking. Yes, I seen it because I was like, that's pretty grueling. I'd done the same thing. So I'd done like um, with my team, I'd done, I called it Saturday Savage Challenge. And I'd, I adapted some similar workouts, but then made them doable for Joe averages. Still yeah. hard, but like we done a, we done, there was a, I was meant to go up Goat Fell, which is a mountain. And Aaron, just off of Aldrossen, um, near me in Ayrshire. And we were meant to do a group walk and it got cancelled. So I was like, right, we'll do it on the stairs. So we done, like, got everyone to do the height of Goat Fell on their stairs. Uh, I oh, think there was only six me. people that done it. So um, there was a few different <laughs> things. Um, I think and, seeing, seeing like that military mindset, though, and doing something different. Uh, like I, I, I listened to David Goggins' book and I think you know, I put him on a pedestal of a person for what he's done and taking his mindset to a different level. Um, the types of training that he does, I think he's phenomenal. Um, I think a lot of people have started to listen to him and, and, and read up on the guy. But uh, a friend of mine down south, uh, Danny Fallon, is a Navy or ex Navy PT, just opened the gym. He, he did a marathon bear crawl and farmer's walk. Oh my um, God. So bear crawl and marathon, I know, mate, over a lot, I think over about a week, I think, or three or four days. Mate, that was ruling. Looking at what I'm doing, that was, was yeah. that's stinking. Did you, did you see the Royal Marine Commando that ran? The three peaks with a roar on his back, like he, <laughs> like he ran, and then when he got to the top of the summit of the three peaks, for anyone listening, it's Scaffold, Scaffold Peak, Snowdon, and Ben Nevis, three highest peaks in the UK and Scotland, England, and Wales. 
and he ran. I think he ran between them, like an ultra, ultra marathon, like ran to the top of one. Then when he got to the top, he put the rowing machine down and rode the height of the mountain. So oh. like then he then he stuck the row back in his back, headed to the next one, done it again. It was like over. It was a mad charity event, but like it's that. I think I love that ethos of I've done a few different yeah. charity events and stuff and um, double mountain runs and stuff. And I love that challenge of being like getting to the bottom and having to repeat something or I done yeah, a thousand. I just done that, but it was, I'm going again. Yeah, yeah. I done, we done, uh, I done it. It was two, uh, a thousand burpees in two hours. And uh, oh. I done that at mid lockdown, <laughs> man. I, I, I fucked it up, man. Like uh, for anyone listening, I've never actually spoke about this, but I planned to do it in like one hour, 57 minutes. Like I was doing it as an imam and then having a rest like every 200. I planned it all and I trained for it. And on the day, it was live and literally, um, I, I didn't train talking. I was talking to the camera and it was switching off. Like, I, you know how when you, you go into these dark places when you train yeah. and you yeah. switch off? I hadn't even thought that because I was doing it in front of a live audience that I'd be talking and conversing with the camera and I wasn't in the zone. And Who's yeah, that? Yeah, and I, I, I trained up to 600. And on the day, after 200, it was a really hot day as well. I had to literally just get, I was in my shorts on this camera and I was dying. And literally after 200 reps, I felt like I was going to, I honestly felt like I was close to quitting. Like I was like. And then straight away your mindset is like, oh my God, what's going on? Like yeah. I wasn't ready for this. I was trained up to 600. I know I'm good for 600. Then you get to two like, no, what's going this on? isn't right. I know. What's going on? I think, now all of a sudden I, you've got to dig out of that darker hole again. Yeah, and I think like that's, I train a lot of people for fitness and, and they come to me for that and stuff. And I'm telling people, you can actually see when someone gets in their head, see when that, that flip. And that's what happened to me. But I was aware of it because I've been there before. And like, you, you have to say to that person, this is when you need to let your mind control yeah. over your body because it's that central governor theory. Every bit of your brain is telling you to stop. It stop. is going, yeah. stop, what the hell are you doing? And I think when you that seed of doubt comes into place, you start going, fuck, what if I do give in? But I think it's, it's that difference in mindset of being able to override that and just be like, right, I'll yeah. adapt, I'll slow down, I'll take a longer rest, but I need to keep moving. That's the. I think the, when, when I've had clients come in here and, and specifically train with me, and they, they see that ex-military, they expect you to be able to deliver that, that level of intensity to them. Yeah. So just as an example, one of the lads that, that I coach, um, Breast and Sea Work, Nico Carrillo, he's a Glasgow Thai boxer. Flying, doing extremely well, you know, likely to be world champion uh, and go for different belts again. He's doing phenomenal. What a strong boy. But when he first came in here, I said, look, mate, I'm going to take you to some places that you, you've probably never been to. You think you've trained and you think you've been to a, a hurt locker, as I would call it, uh, as we all call it, but you, you don't know until you've gone past that. Yeah. So you've gone past that point you've been before and then keep going and actually feel, actually, I can carry on here. Yeah, I know it's not a nice place to be in as well. Um, oh, we know for the Friday afternoons, mate. Like, I know. That workout that you done that day was probably up there with one of the most brutal. That was terrible. It was yeah, good I, think, I think also, see, see when, it was just me, when it was me and you doing it, like, your fitness level's phenomenal, mate. It really is. Um, and that day was like, I could see that you, you're, you were stronger, you were fitter. But I was like, out of my head, I ain't fucking quitting, mate. I ain't yeah. stopping. I'm, I'm not going to stop. I'm going. Like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I was sitting looking at you going, I need, I need to keep pushing because 
Ross isn't struggling. Yeah, maybe he, he might be moving a wee bit. It's, it's this battle in your head that you're thinking yeah. that that person's like, you're, and you need to just override it. But I think for anyone listening in that is new to conditioning work and they do want to get fitter, it never gets easier. You just get no, better at managing not. stress. You just get yeah, yeah. you just get a bit better at dealing with that. And then you come up with some more really like fuck shit, like some real yeah dirty dark places to go to. In yeah. like, I, I create my own workout, so I I take myself to the to the hurt locker, like, and I do like my my general start to workout will be two hundred calories on the air bike before I start the workout, and yeah. that's just the first thing that I'll do because it it, yeah. it means that I know that I'm ready to go and do whatever else I'm going to do afterwards. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's. You build up all these little things in your head. Like even when I go a run now, like if I'm like load, everyone had like what you were saying about 200 calories. Like because of when I go out a run, the first 10 minutes is a warm up, so I don't even yeah. see that as that as a requirement. Just so sometimes people will go, you just went and rocked out. Uh, not that it's a massive distance, but an eight ten mile run, and I'm like yeah. in my head, I'm going, yeah, but the first the the, the first mile and a half was a warm up. It wasn't yeah. the run. And then the like the, the last 10 minutes was a cool down. So technically speaking, my working bit was only the bit in the middle. But folk look at total distance and stuff, and you're like, yeah, but if you train yourself to look at things differently, you, you approach yep. it differently as well. And everyone's got their own tactics to doing things. But then as you grow and as you are able to deal with things, like, like I can guarantee you, like people always, one of my clients, uh, Alan, he's a fantastic runner, runs ultra marathons for fun at the weekend and stuff. Like he's a great runner. And um we were talking about like when people refer to hills, but if you run up a really, really tough mountain or whatever, you'll never ever call a slope a hill again. But basically what, <laughs> what we're saying there is if you train your body to these darker places, to these points of the, the intensity is never as bad. Like you look at everyone that was coming to these sessions in a Friday at Commando, no one's got, you've got a bit of the fear because you know it's going to be hard. Yeah, of course not, because it's people that are like-minded and you know that they're all going to push you. Yeah, and that bit, it's, a di- like, it's different to like, like it's because it's about a load of load of folk are not everyone's coaches but a lot of them do train if they aren't coaches they obviously train at that intensity so they've got that yeah. experience there so then but then i've you get I, I train maybe people at my boot camp and they're sitting talking about how long's left of this or whatever and it's like and it's fine because they're maybe at a novice point but it's actually funny when you get a bunch of people that like doing that and they're not talking yeah. about how hard it's going to be they're talking about how to break it up they're talking yeah. about how what they're going to tackle first in order to do it how they're going to think of it in their head. And it's just such a, it's an interesting thing to see when people approach these workouts like this. And I remember when I started going, when I started going to, how it's going to be until you're in it. Nah. And I think like, even when I started going to actual CrossFit, like just over a year ago, um, they, I I loved training with people that had been doing CrossFit as a sport for longer because they were able to give me tips on how to break things up on how to, like they would go in and be like, say if there was 50 back-to-back wall balls, they're like, well, you're probably not going to do that back-to-back. So do 20, 20, 10. And just having that like that confirmation of someone else that's maybe in a, a fit place telling you that. Yeah, you're it's like, okay to do that. It's okay to do that. And I remember yeah. even when I started doing a bit of fell running, when I was totally novice to it, and I went and I thought you had to run the full thing. So I'm going out and running hilly runs, like two, two and a half thousand feet elevation and thinking that, when I stop, that's me losing. And it yeah, wasn't yeah. how I started. Other people that have been doing it for longer, like you do realize that you can power hike there, that you can slow down there because you're not going to run up a gradient of that. And I was like, oh, really? And I think... But you think you failed almost in what you're doing. Yeah, and you're like, fucking hell, I've, I've, I didn't think I was meant to stop there. 
but then it's like realistically like you're climbing like two and a half thousand feet you're obviously going to stop do you know what I mean you've never done yeah, this before um so it's as it's it's quite a again a wee bit off tangent there but all relative and folk always yeah, like definitely us. relative mate it's relative yeah. to who we are isn't it i think is yeah people. no definitely man um so um what's your plans now with um commando what's in the pipeline for you your facility what's well obviously we don't know what's happening with the potential second lockdown <laughs> what's your plans with that mate do you know what I, I i don't actually know um in my head i think i've got a plan um but until it's all clarified and 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 like the first minister decides what she wants to do and the country decides what it wants to do then I, a lot of people a lot of people have asked me said are you going to stay open you know, this is a controversial subject, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, are you going to stay open? Uh, and my answer to them is, see if it was me as an individual, and it was just me, and I was the only person I had to answer to, then yeah, I probably would. Um, but when there's other people involved, and there's, there's families, and there's children of families, and stuff like that, then it's, it's not as simple as, yeah, I'm staying open. It, it, yeah. You've got to think about other people, when that's, that's my thing. Uh, I've got a family, I've got a wife, they've got family, and, you know, you've got to think of the outside uh, not just yourself. You can't just be selfish in this in this situation. Um, we all have our own opinions on everything about what's going on and what's happening. Um, and I'm not a conformist to, of, of, of any sort, really. You know, I don't like to conform to, to to what everybody's doing. You know, I like to think for myself. Um, so, like I said, if it was me on my own, then I would go, yeah, I would stay open. But you know, we'll, we'll abide by the rules as as we need to. Um, so if, if it comes to that stage and we have to shut, um, then we'll, we'll adapt again and we'll do what we need to do. Uh, but we'll bounce back again because I think being able to bounce back from what happened in March to where we are now, um, it's been amazing. Like, and you, you talked about this with, with, uh, with Ryan, like taking the positive, positives out of, of what's happened um, in the lockdown. And we've got to take the positives out of what's happened. The facility wouldn't be the size it is without any disruption. Um, would we have been able to uh, look into the before? Probably not, because we've had time to think and adapt our marketing skills, um, to look at different kit, to plan the layout of the gym without disruption to the members. So there's, there's an awful lot of positives that we've got to take out of this, because if it's just negative, then what's the point? Definitely. Um, I think that's one of the, like, a lot of people, it's, they're not shining a light on all the positives. It's immediately highlighting the negatives and stuff. So yeah. I think like it's, it's, it is obviously it's a, it's a big learning curve. I think that's what the full thing is. And I think that's what a lot yeah. of people have taken away from it. But I think like a lot of people would, it's one of those ones, Ross, people probably say things like, Oh, if I owned a gym, I would just keep it open. And you're like, it's not as simple as that. No, it's I mean, definitely not as simple as that. It is definitely a controversial not. thing. And it is like, it's your livelihood. And a lot of places that they're in the position where they said, if I shut the doors right now, I, I couldn't like I, I physically we, we wouldn't and if you're in that position then yeah but at the same time it's as it a it's a tough one and I think the hard one as well is because say for example to do we're going to do a month lockdown you don't know if it's going to be a month do you know what I mean like yeah and uh, but, no, no one knows what the next two months six weeks four weeks is going to be definitely you know? and I think one of the things is I was talking to my pal Andy about this he's a coach as well and and we're always back and forward and we we're saying like you need to think of it as right now we have essentially been swimming upstream for fucking yeah. seven months yeah. right and <laughs> against the current like against the current leave, right yeah. but what's happening like what you said there you weren't able to do a lot of the things and your business is actually in a better place and i can add to remind myself of this because sometimes 
throughout lockdown, I was going, I remember one day I had a bit of a fucking, no meltdown, but I was just like, what's the fucking point? I think I'd lost I a lot. Of, that, mate, yeah. yeah, I had, and I had been someone where a lot of people said, God, you've been so positive. Cause I, I'd just been like, well, no one else is going to do it for me. And I remember yeah. just thinking like, for the work I'm doing, not that it's all about money, but for the work I'm doing right now, the return wasn't massive. Like it wasn't at all. But no. essentially now, again, not that it's about money, I'm in the best financial position I've ever been in. And it's because of lockdown, because yeah. of, and it's like, but what the B and Andy were talking about was, we've been swimming upstream, but a lot of people didn't swim upstream. And I feel bad for them, I do. But yeah. what's going to happen, mate? Along, mate, is what they did. Yeah, but we're going to be fucking much better swimmers at the end of this. <laughs> that's, that's it. And that's the way you need to look at it is, you could fucking drop us into a still pond now. And we'll be like, this is easy. Yeah. This is absolutely. Yeah, it's a canter, yeah. This is a canter because of our upstream swimming. And I think that not just in a, a fitness professional outlook, but not just in a. Like, I think in life, mate. In life, mate. Like you're going to walk away from this and be like, well, that was fucking really shit there. So if another shit situation is thrown at you, maybe the 2019 version of you would have went, that's really, really shit. But the 2020. Yeah, fucking like, this is okay. I can yeah, do this. This is a, this is a piece of piss. Do you know what I mean? What? Lost my job? Fucking easy. I'm just going to get another one. I mean, I'll go and start a business. I'll just fucking... Go. But you've got to, mate, like, because yeah. it's, it's, again, it's, I said it earlier, it's fight or flight. You know, if you sit back and lay back and let everybody trample on top of you, then you'll get nowhere. Know, you've definitely. got to dig deep and you've got to fight forwards and that's the only way you'll be successful. No, definitely, man. I think... And like, for the business, I think, like, moving forwards for us, there's still an awful lot we can do and an awful, awful lot we want to do. Um, this initial six months eight months, a year after lockdown or after this pandemic's finished, I don't think it ever will be finished or whatever you want to call it, it's finished, um, then then there's a lot more to do. But for this first phase, it's about learning the learning the business again, learning what have we created again? What is Commando XFit version two? What have we created? How do we make this not only the best kitted out facility in Scotland, but how do we make it like the most wanted place to go in Scotland? You know, we've got some of the best coaches you've ever seen in here. Um, the guys are fantastic having the the NTM boys affiliate to here David Hatt and the guys not, I don't just mean like the NTM but the, the, the guys that have come alongside that these boys are so professional um, at what they do and the delivery to people the way they speak to people is exactly what I perceive as how you should be as a coach yeah so having that inside like my facility and having the best guys in here you know we get messages all the time saying are you taking any, any PTs well no we're not no we're full no, this is this is what we've got. We've got the the creme de la creme. What I perceive is, is the top boys uh, and girls in here coaching. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that's um, an amazing position to be in because, especially, I think that what not saying I'm not fucking bad, mate. Well, I technically am. There's a lot of shit coaches. Um, oh, some terrible ones, mate. And I think like you wouldn't want to have a, like having a facility of what you're saying, the creme de la creme. You want to have that there, so that's a, that's a good yeah. place to be in, mate. And I think you comp- compound a lot of like-minded coaches, a like-minded gym owner, the place is only going to just flourish. Do you know what I mean? It's only going to be yeah, good. Because you bounce off each other. Personalities of the same mindset bounce off each other and create something beautiful. Definitely. It's a, it's a, a powerful tool. But um, on that note, um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, mate. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, mate. No, good chat, mate. Um, it was uh, Obviously, that's us done everything there, but it was loads of tangent off as usual, man. But um, it'll be a good one to listen to as well. But um, anything else you'd like to add in, Ross, before you go? No, just uh, thanks very much for your time, mate. And good luck to everybody, whatever's coming in the future, in the next couple of weeks, three, four weeks. Stay strong, stay safe and, and work hard. 
fight or flight, ladies and gents. Definitely. And hopefully, if he's uh, in that mindset of the you are worried, a few of the points that me and Ross have brought up today, the one of the ones to remember, and I think it's just an absolute belter, is you, we are swimming upstream and everyone was winging yeah. it. We're teaching ourselves how to swim upstream, but if you continually do it, you'll be able to fucking go into a pond and you'll be like an elite swimmer by the end of it. So when you come out <laughs> the back end of this, so um, if anyone is obviously listening, as per usual, make sure you're screenshotting the, pod, uh, the podcast uh, and tag both me and Ross and it's just Commando XFit for um, your, I always say tag, it's not hashtag, it's fucking, what's it called, handle? Is it um, Is it an at? Yeah, at, yeah, your handle. I'm, I'm supposed to be a fucking fitness <laughs> blogger and I don't even know this. But, um, hi, <laughs> cool. No, so thanks very much, ladies and gents, and I'll catch you in a bit, Ross. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, mate. Take care.